Well, thanks again for joining the Down to Earth podcast. I'm very excited for my next conversation to be with Chris Partika of Ocean Park Baptist Church here in Jacks Beach, Florida. And uh, it's a special one because this is my pastor (laughs) after uh, my wife Summer and I landed here uh, just, I don't know, five, six months ago, something like that. So maybe it was closer to the New New Year. Something like that. Either way, we've been really, really uh, blessed by being a part of this church body, and I'm really excited that uh, uh, Pastor Chris here is is willing to join me on the podcast. So I'm going to let him actually kind of start us off, and uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about your, I guess, story of coming to repentance and faith in Jesus and kind of how you became, you know, a pastor, that calling, what that looked like, and what kind of led you to Ocean Park. Great. Thanks, Silas. Um, before I tell, let's talk about me, uh, I am just, Ocean Park as a whole is very thankful for Summer and Silas being a part of our church, their love for the local church, their love for Jesus, uh, and willingness to pour into others and use their gifts to strengthen, to love, uh, to edify the congregation, which we're very thankful. And I think they're a, a good uh, model for, uh, for our congregation. I was raised in a Christian home uh, by the grace of God, um, I was born in 77, and um, my birth mother um, chose to gave, give me life. And um, just recently, I've learned more about my birth mother uh, and her story. But uh, all the while, while she was courageous enough to give me life, my um, adoptive parents um, were looking to adopt a son and I was I was him and they I was adopted at 13 months uh, they had prayed for me a long time raised me in the church we were there Sunday morning Sunday night uh, Wednesday nights I was in Awana clubs I, I w- got all the sparks and the cubbies and all of those uh, banners and awards and all of those but it over time uh, I really developed a love for Christ uh, love for his word and a love for his not only a local church but for for people and probably in my uh, young elementary years, put my put my faith in Christ, and uh, turning points in my life uh, f- as I've got a teenager, uh, a choice of following the world and following Jesus. I, I've repented and believed continually. Went to college, same thing. Uh, as a young adult and a young married and, and now today. So I've been walking with the Lord probably about 40 plus years. And so uh, thankful for the Lord's uh, guidance in my life. Uh, as a teenager, I felt the Lord's call into ministry. Uh, went to the Moody Bible Institute and uh, it was there I met my wife and then uh, decided we wanted to go to seminary, but uh, couldn't afford it. Moved down to Jacksonville, Florida, where we are now, where she grew up. And then the seminary I wanted to go to opened up a campus here in Jacksonville, Gordon-Conwell, and got my MDiv. Shortly after that, I was called to the local church. And then about eight years later, we hit the jackpot and we met Summer and Silas. And so that's, that brings us to where we are today. Oh, thank you so much for for sharing. And jackpot, I'm not so sure about, but <laughs> we really have been uh, very blessed to to be here. So yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that. Um, as you know, we actually had this conversation 
somewhat uh, after a few weeks of visiting, we went out to lunch and um, I got the chance to ask you some of these questions to learn more about you and to learn more about uh, Ocean Park. And so to kind of bring those back up, what would you say is your favorite part about Ocean Park? Um, what is something you think that um, this body portrays really well, exemplifies really well? Um, you know, when you think about Ocean Park, you would say, man, I love blank. You know, what would that be? Good question. Um, when I first came, my first church uh, thus far, my only church and prayerfully my only church, uh, when I first came to Ocean Park, uh, I was struck by a core of people who loved one another well, who loved Christ, and who loved God's word. And coming fresh out of seminary, oftentimes churches can be clergy eaters kind of thing where uh, churches chew you up and spit you out. And I have found Ocean Park to be kind and gracious and generous uh, and loving not only to me, uh, to one another, but uh, also to my family. And really, uh, when people come in, uh, a warm welcome. And sometimes I, I worry that uh, when visitors come to our church that we may be an octopus shot out of a cannon uh, when they walk in the door because people walk away and say, wow, that was a really warm and friendly church and loving. And I've seen throughout the years where people have been generous and given of their, um, from their extra, but also from their, uh, from their lack and be able to meet the needs of one another and not in a way that draws attention to themselves, but seeing a need uh, and using their talents, their gifts and abilities to meet that need uh, in the name of Jesus. And so when I first came in, uh, I knew this congregation loved the Lord and they wanted to learn his word. And so I just started teaching in Bible studies and preaching and uh, in prayer and uh, shepherding, uh, visiting homes and, and praying with people and just finding out about their lives. And that has made me a better preacher because now I can look in the congregation in my sermon and actually in my sermon prep, how is Silas going to hear this? How is Mary going to hear this? How is Tony going to hear this? And uh, to be able to be a better pastor uh, because this congregation desires and wants to know God's word and have opened up their hearts and opened up their lives um, to be shepherded and to be shepherded well. And, and so uh, I'm very, very thankful for their love and generosity for, towards one another uh, in, in service and honor of Christ. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. I 100% see that answer every week um, with the preaching, with even the song choices, with Sunday school classes. Um, everything really is centered around God's word. And I, I don't think that's at all by <laughs> as weird as it might say being a church by accident. I think this church really does want to shape everything about it around what does God's word say. And so, yeah, I, I love that answer. And that's one thing that really drew us here in the first place. Um, and again, the welcome, you know, when we kind of started visiting, it did not take long at all to <laughs> get to know uh, people's names because every week, you know, they were coming up and you know, either reintroducing themselves or asking about our weeks and stuff like that. So I love that. Uh, kind of the opposite side. Um, so with Ocean Park, what are some areas you feel, or maybe as 
this is a plurality of elders, so maybe the leadership. What is something you feel you want to see grow or change or maybe develop more, um, whether it's a ministry area or, you know, what would you kind of say you would want to see grow or develop? Good question. And Silas gave me this question ahead of time. And so the last 24 hours, I've been thinking about that and really trying to come up with this profound answer. Um, best I could do is uh, out of Colossians chapter 1 and uh, 1 verses 9 through 11. It says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And, and, he pr- and this is how he prays, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So you want to know God and know God's will for your life. And then in verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And, and how do we know that? Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge and the love uh, and the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And so ultimately in a society that is so polarized and in, a, in, in our context, in our culture, that is so uh, for 24-7 bombarded with the right and the left and all of these competing voices that the knowledge of God and his will uh, and his kingdom would be our desire. So as we open up scripture that we are seeking and, and to have our roots go deeper in the knowledge of God. And the more we know God and the more we know his heart, that um, that would overflow and that we would be like Jesus and that we would love what Jesus loves and hate what Jesus hates uh, and not what our favorite celebrity pastor or our favorite politician or our favorite talking head on the the news station or our uh, favorite Twitter uh, person, but that what Jesus is and that we would know the heart of Jesus and that to be able to uh, live that out in our lives. And, and um, that's why when you come in, into the service, we want to be saturated. You're going to hear the word of God read and sung and recited to one another and prayed uh, and, and proclaimed. And we, to saturate that, because I, I really do believe that we are in a day and age um, when we're in a famine for the word of God. We have all this oversaturation of information at our fingertips, but we don't have the knowledge of the heart of God. Uh, we know what our favorite celebrity does, what our favorite thing on Netflix is, our favorite news channel, uh, but that is all noise in the system uh, drawing us away from the knowledge of God. And so we want to know God's heart uh, and we want to seek God's kingdom and call other people, men and women, um, to repent and believe and follow Jesus. And because of what Jesus has done and freed us from, uh, he has freed us to serve him and seek his kingdom and proclaim and be disciple makers and teaching all that he's commanded us. And really back to Colossians, knowing the heart of God and knowing his will. His will is to make disciples. His will is to teach all that he's commanded. His his, his call is to redeem um, th- things for for him and so that's our our desire for our church 
is to know uh, the, the heart of God and uh, know his will for our lives and living that out. Not just head knowledge, but a heart that's captivated by God. And out of joy, uh, we leave what we have and leave these things behind and, and follow Jesus. You know, thank you so much. Um, I was glad that you didn't use this opportunity for like church discipline towards me or something <laughs> to call me out. No, um, I used that joke on the last one, so hopefully that'll stick. But um, I think that's a really great answer and I think encouraging growth in that area of knowledge of God um, is of supreme importance. So would there be anything you would add in terms of practically for our congregation or how you would encourage other congregations outside of the gathering where, you know, maybe some practical disciplines or things they can do to foster that outside of the church? Is there anything maybe different you would say or add to that? I probably, as a pastor, when I... I make it a habit of having lunch, breakfast, coffee, whatever, having people over into my home or going out to lunch after. When I ask people, uh, what are you reading? And specifically, starting with scripture, and then what else? I love to read. I not Silas does. Not everybody does. But ultimately, as a Christian, the basic habit that we need to have is opening up God's word and reading God's word. And uh, that is one thing that so many times when I ask people, are you reading God's word? They're not. And th- they're spending a lot of time on social media and all of these things, all these competing voices, but they're not pouring uh, the God's word into their heart. And so that is probably the number one thing. Are you opening up God's word and reading God's word, his heart revealed to you and making that and feeding your soul. I have a friend who's a fisherman and he says, laziness when the waters are calm, make uh, dangerous, uh, make rough waters deadly. And in our lives as well, we need to be feeding our soul the nourishment of God's word. And oftentimes when I read the scriptures, the angels aren't singing in bright light shining on my back porch, Uh, but I am nourishing my soul with that everyday, uh, just basic discipline. And it's like an athlete. Uh, My son uh, plays football. When he was a little boy, August 1st in 90 degree heat, he would put a helmet on and practice and it was terrible. Uh, and and exhausting, uh, but he was doing that because he wanted to be ready uh, in the fourth quarter uh, on the rival football game that he was prepared and he was ready. Uh, and so those reps every day in practice were preparing him for the for the game. And as Christians, we need to be pre- preparing our heart and filling our hearts with God's word, His revelation to us, and um, eating God's word and and feeding it to our souls so that. When we have those opportunities to share Christ, to be able to, uh, in, in dark nights of soul, that the Holy Spirit uses those times to bring to remembrance what we, what we have, and, um, and in, either in our witness or the Spirit's witness to our soul, reminding us of God's promises. And so probably my desire for the, the local church is to feed their souls with God's word and not only individually, but, and this is where like a small group or uh, accountability where you're, you're meeting on a, on a consistent basis and reading God's word, studying God's word 
why that's so important, because we can't know the knowledge of God's will for our lives and then know the heart of God if we're not reading and uh, knowing God's word uh, individually. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's really good. Um, and both of those first two questions were definitely the ones that I asked uh, at lunch that one day. And this third question's uh, a little different. I don't know if I've asked you this before, but um, the third question I wanted to ask is, what is one um, theological conviction um, that this church holds, and how does that practically play out in ministry practice? How does Ocean Park put um, that kind of belief or, you know, uh, yeah, conviction on display, whether it's on Sundays, outside of the church, what does that kind of look like? I probably would say in our context, we're in the Southern Baptist Convention, and one of the things that I think has been really important is a high view of church membership. And what does it mean to be committed to the local church? Because often in today's evangelical world, people will say, well, we're all part of the universal church and we're all, all part of that. And, and isn't that what we're supposed to be about? And we, we are. We are a part of that. And the universal church is, uh, is so important, not only uh, the contemporary church, but the universal church uh, for the last 2000 years. But what the importance of the local church and, and church and committing uh, and having a, a local church covenant where we're going to live out the gospel and we're making a promise to live out the gospel. There are so many imperatives in scripture that love one another, encourage one another, guard one another. Um, and we can't do that without the local church and without a local body of believers. And to be able to covenant together where we're coming and we're making a promise that we're committing to one another to live this out and to love one another well. Why? Because Jesus has told us in John 13, they'll know that you're my disciples, how you love one another. And so what we're going to do is we're going to commit to covenant one to one another, make a promise that we're going to live uh, and be mutually submissive to one another. We're going to be accountable for to one another. We're going to serve one another with our gifts because all of us as, as believers have been given a spiritual gift to be able to build up and edify and make the church more like Jesus. And so to be able to do that, to love one another. And, and, and when uh, you get to love one another, it's messy and it's difficult and you're going to sin against one another or you're not going to sins of uh, commission where you're sinning against one another. You say something or do something against your brother or sister, but then there's sins of omission where you're not saying or you're not doing what you should be doing. And you're going to need that commitment to one another and saying, listen, uh, Silas, I, I love you uh, and I I'm willing to uh, uh, help you be like Jesus. And sometimes that, that takes that commitment, that takes that relationship. And how does that happen? That happens in the local church. And that's how uh, th that's worked out. Do we have friendships outside of the church? Absolutely. And we need other Christian friends. Uh, but the unique relationship that we have in the local church where we're covenanting, covenanting together to love one another well uh, is an example to the world of look how they love one another. One of the church fathers, I believe it might have been Origen, when the... Um, 
the the pagans in the Roman Empire, they said, look how the Christians, when they come together, they collect their resources and, and feed the poor. They love one another well, and um, they love one another better than we do. And that was a testimony. And so how do we do that in today's day and age when there's so many rivals for our time, youth sports, um, uh, weekends things, all of these things that we're going to say we, uh, the local church is important. We're going to covenant that Sunday mornings during worship, that's our family worship time as the whole body comes together with uh, children, adults are coming together and we're worshiping the Lord and we're committing to one another and um, we're going to love one another well and that's how we, we covenant together. Yeah, one of my favorite things um, with coming to Ocean Park was definitely the um, membership class and kind of learning um, all about that exact, you know, stance and the reasonings and the importance, you know, not only here's what this church believes and here's how we operate, but also here's what we kind of expect from members. This isn't just you come and join the team and you sit on the sidelines, you know, we want to be involved as a collective body. Uh, with each other, with those outside of the church. Um, so how would you maybe, like in our case, uh, I grew up in a church. My dad was a pastor, always pretty much had that <laughs> set in stone. But then moving to Florida, trying to branch out on our own, I had to kind of really in, kind of investigate, you know, have these types of conversations with pastors. So how would you maybe encourage someone who's looking to join a church, maybe for the first time, or if they're moving to a new place, uh, with this emphasis on membership, how would you maybe encourage them, maybe not necessarily things to look for, like these huge warning signs, but I guess some practical tips or things with um, going somewhere new and, and joining somewhere? Find a church that loves the Word of God. And how do I know if a church loves the Word of God? When you go into that church, you, you're hearing it and you're, it, they're talking about it. And they're not just talking abstractly about God's word is authoritative and God's word is this, but they're actually teaching you God's word. And so when you walk out of there um, in, in a sermon, they're, they're teaching you God's word and not just in necessarily, necessarily an academic way, but that God words, God's word matters. And it's important uh, that we learn to live by it and learn to it to guide us and correct us and and train us in righteousness uh, so that we're equipped uh, to do the work. So when you go in there to be able to to find a church that uh, values God's word and that it's there and uh, that there are avenues where there's corporate um, teaching and and also individual that you can be discipled where you can be taught because the Great Commission is go into all the world make disciples and what how do we do that we're teaching them all that I've commanded you so uh, we need to know about Jesus and what is he teaching us and 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 that so there's an area where you can be taught and then there's uh, on the flip side where you can also um, disciple others and what three commitments that we have and, and that for our, our, our church is that one uh, that you commit to worship and so you're going to find a church that is worshiping two uh, how can i um, disciple and um, be make disciples whether that be uh, new believers where where that be children that be other people and where can i be discipled where i'm being poured into 
And then the third one is where can I serve? Find one way where you can serve the body. And so find a church that values God's word, that's teaching God's word, and and uh, commit to it and say, hey, this Sunday mornings, when we get out of bed, our children will never ask where we're going on a Sunday morning because they know we're going to church. Uh, it would, it's a great shock if we didn't go to church. And make that your commitment on a Sunday morning. Uh, even when you're on vacation, go visit uh, uh, the uh, other churches there that you can be refreshed and see other brothers and sisters in worship and, and that. So, But when you move in, find a church that values God's word, and you know they value God's word because they're talking about it. And it's uh, uh, um, being liberally um, manifested and poured into the congregation, not just you really have to really work hard to get a tidbit uh, about God's word, but no— it's there, uh, and God is God's word is generously being doled out. Yeah, one of the um, things when we became members, one of the things we affirmed was that if we were to part ways from here, that we committed to finding a like-minded church. And that, so I really wanted to ask you kind of if that, not that we're doing that or <laughs> planning on leaving or anything, but, you know, if, if there are those listening that are going somewhere, I, I loved that affirmation that we gave and so it's good to kind of hear that answer of kind of your um advice there and what i would say too is but that that's the last part of our covenant that if we move from this place that we will find a like-minded church Um, when you're leaving ask your pastor at your church hey i'm moving to walla walla washington will you help me find a church Uh, because many times when i have people leave here i will go and look for a church for them. And I'll look and I'll find, here's three churches that really look like, from when I go on there, they have sermons, and I'll listen to a sermon, and I'm like, okay, uh, I, this, is, this is a man who's teaching God's word, and, he, and he's doing that. And, so, and m- if a church doesn't have their sermons on their website, you probably don't need to go there. Uh, and Because that, that's important. And um, so talk to your pastor, um, there are websites that you can go to of like-minded uh, organizations and parachurch ministries and things like that where uh, to be able to find that. But ask your pastor and to help you find the next church. And what I'll often do is I'll reach out to that church and um, ask some questions and then say, hey, Summer and Silas are moving up here. Here's, and, and tell me about your church and your commitments. And um, because sometimes the, the average layperson, when they're walking into a church, they may not really know uh, what to look for and maybe some of the red flags and things. Uh, but somebody you trust who knows, uh, who knows you and knows God's word would be a good resource to be able to help you in that effort. No, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you added that. I don't know if I've heard of very many pastors that kind of go out of their way to help parting members, whether moving, whatever that looks like. So that's that's really encouraging to know that you kind of go that extra mile um, for them. That's really, really neat. Uh, the last question, and I've mentioned this in my introduction and, and last episode, where I like to try to have one different question for each pastor, uh, calling it kind of the, the down-to-earth question of the week. And one thing joining here, it did not take long for me to realize, was the relationship that you have with other local church pastors, uh, whether they're in this area, whether in different denominations um, or other states or whatever. Um, We do pray for a different church every single week, and I have loved that from the start. So how would you speak to, as a pastor speaking to a pastor, what is the importance of 
those types of relationships look like of partnering with other local churches or uh, extending friendships and relationships to other local church pastors and kind of the flip side, how would you also encourage maybe the, the congregants and the members to do the same with other churches as well? One of the biggest areas in a pastor's life, and I've been a pastor for nine years coming up in November and pastoring can, especially in my context with, I am a solo pastor. I am the uh, senior pastor. I am the youth pastor. I am the, um, you know, all kinds. I, I do, I'm a um, Swiss army knife of pastors, a very small church. We average probably about 80 on a Sunday. Uh, and it can be a lonely world when you're by yourself like that. And having other pastors who uh, like-minded, who are similar situations from with you, uh, to be able to go and sit down with them. And as a pastor, there is always the expectation that I am a person's pastor. And um, I always have to be on. And there's a level of that's difficult. And sometimes I just want to be Chris. And uh, so having another pastor that you are able to develop that relationship with is imperative because I, I meet with a, a pastor uh, in, in a nearby city where we get together and we, we talk shop, we talk about our families, we, sometimes we just talk sports, and I don't have the expectation that I, I'm his pastor and he doesn't have it mine. We're friends, and he knows what it's like, the unique pressures and um, burdens and joys of being a pastor and dangers of being a pastor. So you have somebody else who's able to know that, who can encourage you, who can correct you, who can just listen to you. And sometimes if you go and just listen to them, uh, as a pastor, you realize I'm not the only one who feels this way. And there are other people that are going through these struggles and uh, somebody who's outside your circle uh, that, that's able to do that. I think that's important as well with, with Christians where we meet. Um, you're going to have, you, uh, when you meet consistently with a normal group of believers in the local church, you're going to, prayerfully, you're building these deep relationships with two or three close people uh, within the local church, but you're also going to have a network of other believers that you're encouraged by and uh, to be able to do that. And we need the body of Christ and we need other Christian relationships that are able to help us and encourage us uh, in, in that. So uh, healthy Christian relationships across that, but especially for pastors, loneliness is epidemic. And um, I know Brian Croft of Past Practical Shepherding has really put an emphasis on pastoral friendships and in the necessary, uh, how necess necessary they are. And I have benefited greatly from the love and encouragement from my fellow pastor brothers. Uh, again, that's, that's really good to hear. And um, again, it was something that was so obvious as we joined that you have such a heart for other other pastors and even other churches we had visited had talked about you um, after the fact. So it was kind of cool to connect those dots a little bit. So, um, man, thank you so much for being able to to meet. I know it took a little bit to get some of the <laughs> technology stuff set up, but um, I thank you so much for taking time of your day to, to talk. And, um, yeah, any last closing remarks from you? I mean, no, nothing profound, but just how valuable the local church is. Silas and I have a, a little 
um, reading group we have on Wednesdays. And God's plan for the world is through through his church. And there's little outposts of his church all throughout this country, all throughout this world. And our job is to make disciples. And we can't do it alone. We need one another. We need um, the elders and pastors and, and who, to be able to equip. Uh, we need uh, the encouragement and the gifts of our brothers and sisters to love, one, uh, love us well. We need to serve well because we're not in this alone. Uh, we're, we're sent out into the world. Uh, to go with our brothers and sisters, and it's a, it's a it's a treasure. There are so many brothers and sisters in this world that on Sunday mornings, on the Lord's Day, they risk their lives to gather two or three uh, in their. Uh, and um, we have living in, in the country, we have we have the benefit and the blessing of being able to gather together, uh, and what a blessing that is, and we need to cherish that. Um, and learn from the global church um, just how valuable the local church is. Uh, because even during the pandemic, when we were away from each other, that was really, really hard. And a lot of people said how much they missed and longed for one another. And so let's not waste it. Uh, let's cherish uh, one another and gather on the Lord's Day because the Lord is worthy of our worship. And thank you again so much for, for joining me today. And for those listening, um, as always, please feel free to follow along by uh, subscribing to the podcast. You can follow it on social media as well. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, the Down to Earth Podcast. And on Instagram, it's Down to Earth Convo. So uh, please keep an eye out. Look forward to uh, the next episode. And um, thanks again. Grace and peace. Peace.